Hello and welcome to episode two of Chino and the Hills. In this episode, I sit down with Chino Hills City Council member and former mayor, Peter Rogers. In this episode, we had so much to talk about and so much content, we will be splitting it to two episodes. Here's episode one. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Chino and the Hills. Today, I'm sitting down with Chino Hills City Council Member Peter Rogers. Welcome, Peter. Thank Thanks. you very much, Thomas. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for sitting down with me, taking the time yeah, out of your schedule. Of course. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get right into this, the questions from here. So just to start off, um, why don't you tell us who you are, where you grew up, um, kind of your origin story, and then ultimately um, how you ended up here in Chino Hills. Certainly. First of all, I wanted to thank Denise Barr for recommending me for this. Uh, it's, it's great to do community outreach, whatever mechanism we use. So thank you to Denise for for the opportunity to do this. Yeah. So how I got started yeah. from birth, day one. Birth yeah. To now. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a short story, right? Well, <laughs> just sit back and relax. Um, I was born in Bakersfield, California. Okay. I don't admit that to a lot of people, but I'm sure just a couple of people are watching yeah. this. Uh, but my parents, and this was post-war with my parents, they're both in World War II, they're both in the Army, and uh, somehow they ended up in the Central Valley, born there, and then we immediately moved to Covina, California. Okay. So I was raised in Covina, California, or Covina, my, my, up through the start of college. Okay. I lived in Covina. Um, <clears throat> my parents both workers. It was very unique for my mother because at that time uh, females were usually the home caring for home and family right. and the kids. What did she do for work? She was a nurse. Okay. So in World War II she was a lieutenant in a fighting brigade called Maris Marauders. Got it. And she was in Burma and she did her, she was a mass unit for, wow. I know, pretty it was, it was, And then just transitioned that. And then she became a county health nurse after the war. Got it. And she was somehow located in San Joaquin Valley. There you go. So she was full time, and so we. Uh, it was one of those types of um, uh, families where both parents were working. We're used to it now, but then it was very unique. Yeah. Uh, but we lived in a great community and great neighbors, and everybody watched out for each other. So it was. Uh, it's not like maybe it is now in today's society where. Yeah, be extra careful no matter where you are. Sure. But then raised in Covina, and <clears throat> at that time I it was Catholic schools my whole life. So I went to elementary Catholic schools, and then I went to Damien High School in Laverne, and we it was about five miles away. So I hopped on RTD. So I learned about rapid transit from the very beginning yeah. as a freshman, and went to school that way until I was able to drive. Graduated from Damien. Any sports at Damien? I was not track. Track. So I was okay. track. Gotcha. I was more, it turned into more the artistic thing, which we talk, we'll talk about later, yeah. uh, which was photography and, and that sort of thing, but I was track. And, and then at some, well, I graduated and then went to Cal Poly Pomona. And go Broncos. I, go Broncos, <laughs> I agree. Um, it was a, uh, I started out as an engineering major, and it did not take very long to realize that I was not wired for that. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, it went very quickly. So after the first quarter, and it was all mostly freshman type classes sure. anyway, but I, as I was talking to advisors, et cetera, I realized, okay, that's not for me. So I went into uh, the journalism side of things and communications, and I became a communication slash journalism major at okay. Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. And graduated in four years from there, less than four years, three and a half years. But all that time I was, I was really into photography 
Because in high school I was a yearbook editor as a senior, and also I was the photographer for the campus uh, newspaper and yearbook. Sure. So I transitioned that into the same thing at Cal Poly Pomona. We had the best time at Cal Poly. It was a great school. There were maybe 13, 14,000 people there at the time. Okay. It was, the campus was as beautiful as it is. Yeah. I became the campus photographer from the very beginning. As a freshman, they had sophomore juniors and seniors uh, on the photo staff for the Poly Post. You remember the Poly Post? Sure. Uh, but we also had a yearbook there and a magazine. And I became the photo editor after my second, second quarter of the Poly Post. And I was that way almost all three and a half, four years. Very good. So I was in photography the whole time. At some point, I transitioned also into, I was being paid as a campus photographer. Oh, okay. The sports yeah, sides yeah. of things. I would cover the football games, and I'd be paid by the campus to cover it for uh, the campus. Football games, now that's a change. Cal Poly <laughs> and football. I was there during football, well, I was for all of them, but yeah, football, yeah. how long has it been gone? A long time, a yeah. long time. The, the story that I heard is that the last game they played, they lost like 100 to zero, and that's when they decided to 100 to zero. <laughs> okay, it's time to make a change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but football was very key at the time. Yeah. Uh, I remember a friend of mine, I mean, I'm not really know him now, but a guy named Wayne Gross was the, the punter, and okay. he was very well known. He yeah. was also on the baseball team. He ended up on the Baltimore Orioles and okay. Oakland A's. Yeah. I mean, so they did develop good players, yeah. but he was, and he was the football guy. One there you of the, go. Anyway, football. Yeah. I covered football and yeah. everything on campus. Yeah. And then when I graduated from Cal Poly, um, I had done in it, you know, Cal Poly, you do senior projects, yeah. almost like a master's yeah. thesis. I had done my senior project photography-wise with a friend on Kenya. So we went to Kenya for a month and did the whole thing and recorded it and, and photographed it and we put together at the time something called a film strip. Okay. So it was a, we all remember from grammar school at least so unless it was, it was like a slideshow, and then a beep, and then you would click it to the next thing, and it was on an audio. There was an audio cassette that okay. went with it. So wow. we produced those. Yeah. We actually sold them to local uh, grammar schools as, as a kind of a uh, result of our senior project. Right. Yeah. Um, but graduated, and then went on to uh, my. You have to do an internship for a lot of the majors. I did an internship at the Sanger Valley Tribune okay. as a press photographer. As soon as I graduated, I was hired full-time to be a press photographer for the Singer Valley Tribune. I did that for almost a year, about a year. And then had an opportunity with a big engineering company called, at the time, CF Braun. Okay. Braun, Fleur, Bechtel, Parsons, the big four in, Cal in the uh, United States for engineering. Mm -hmm. Massive projects all So you got into engineering? I got into engineering. <laughs> I never thought about yeah, that. There you go. I, yeah. did, I, I backdoored into engineering yeah, yeah, somehow because yeah. I was hanging around all the engineers. Yeah. So I, and I knew how they were wired because I was not wired that right, way, right, as right. I said. There you go. So I was there for 10 years, and I saw photography for our, our little crew of three. It was a public, uh, CF Braun was then acquired by Santa Fe International. We were a publicly held company at the time, so we started doing annual reports. I was traveling all over the world as the photographer for Braun slash Santa Fe, yeah. and traveled everywhere. I literally traveled everywhere on assignments uh, to uh, Egypt and Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and all over Europe and, and uh, Korea and Singapore. Um, so I had those opportunities during those years. Did you travel. have a favorite place what, during that travel? Uh, so the favorite place just culturally, I would say uh, Egypt. Okay. 
had a wonderful time in Egypt. We yeah. were there for almost a week. I had two photo assignments there, and the company let me be a tourist in the middle. Yeah. Did a photo assignment in Alexandria, which is the top of Egypt, and then okay. did a photo assignment on the Sinai Peninsula. They, they were into oil and gas. They did big refineries sure. and process plants, and they built the Budweiser place in, in uh, Van Nuys. Okay. That was Sea of Broad. They were major construction. Yeah. Uh, contractor and <clears throat> I did a one of them was we drove down the Sinai Peninsula hopped on a helicopter cruised in I don't know how long half an hour into the Red Sea landed on an oil platform I photographed what I was there to photograph for the annual report and uh, spent the night and then flew back to the and drove back around and so those are my two photo assignments then interspersed with that was just the cultural richness of your of uh, Egypt with the the museum and the pyramids, and we went down, we flew down to Karnak, and we were around the Valley of the Kings and Valley wow. of the Queens. I've been inside King Tut's tomb wow. before. It was probably very regulated right, right now. Sure. I was in yeah. King Tut's tomb, and they were still trying to, you know, the, the tunnel, you could go in, and okay. no photographs, no photograph, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. which I did, yeah. of course. I had my little, <laughs> my little thing, uh, cable release and yeah. photograph. There you go. During the, those were during the film days. But Egypt's probably one of my favorites. Okay. Visually, Yosemite's probably my favorite place okay. in the world. Gotcha. Or maybe a place like Austria. Yeah. But so, but I did have the, uh, was able to be, uh, have cultural enrichment with sure. my job, which yeah. was, was awesome. Yeah, definitely. And at some point, I uh, was also doing freelance work independently. And, Oh, I had clients of friends that graduated from Cal Poly. They were now going on to their careers, and I was doing some Saturday and Sunday type photography for some of those companies, and then uh, eventually started my own business. Got it. And I've had it for about 30 years now. And at what point, did, what brought you to Chino Hills? At what point did you get here? Okay, uh, my wife, well, I met my wife at Cal Poly Pomona, Mary. Okay. And Mary and I started dating, and then we were married three years later. We uh, initially lived in Glendora, just very briefly, and then we moved to Topland. Okay. Because a friend of ours, uh, our friend named Bill, uh, Bill had uh, his grandma or his family owned a couple of homes, but one was a, a little bungalow um, right out of the Midwest, really, right across the street from San Antonio Hospital. Okay. So we rented it for a year or so, yeah. and then we found a house in Upland and bought the house and lived there for several years. Okay. And then my wife had taken a couple of years off uh, as we had our, our children. We have two boys, which I'll talk about later. Okay. So uh, Chris and Kevin. And they, uh, when Kevin was born, who's the youngest of the two, they, my wife decided to take two years off. She worked for Mervyn's, Mervyn's at the time, and they had a a center near the Ontario Airport, one of the first warehouses really in in the region okay. was, was Mervyn. Wow. And she worked, she was human resources. Okay. She is and was human resources. Got and it. So she was like the manager yeah. in that in that uh, warehouse, yeah. in that facility. She decided to take a couple years off. And at that point, <clears throat> uh, after two years, she realized she wanted a little more adult, professional interaction yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought Kevin and Chris were, my, Father was around. My father was assisting and watching the oh, kids also. Yeah. I, was always, I was commuting to Alhambra, which okay. is where CF Braun slash Santa Fe was uh, located. And so she immediately put out a resume, and, a, and within a week had picked up a job in the city of Orange. Okay. 
I've got the city of Orange over here and Upland over here, and I'm going to Alhambra. Yeah. We decided to shorten that triangle, and we started looking around. We were looking at San Dimas, and we happened upon an area uh, as we were driving around, uh, Carbon Canyon. I had heard about Carbon Canyon in my Damien days because a lot of my car club buddies were coming down to Carbon Canyon sure. Road and doing yeah. their thing on yeah. Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that thing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't with them. <laughs> uh, and so I was familiar with Carbon Canyon in that regard. So we made, drove down Payton, which was just a two-lane road at the time. Nothing was on it. And turned right onto Carbon Canyon. We saw the real estate signs and ended up at Summit Ranch. Okay. was not called Summit Ranch at the time. Part of it was called The Ranch and part of it was called Summit, uh, Summit Trails. It was Summit something and yeah. then uh, later the name merged but we ended up there and bought the house and here we are 30 30 plus year 32 years later yeah so what, what year would that be we moved in september 30th of 1986. All right. so we were county at the time and uh the zip code was 91710 which was chino yeah uh, but yeah. we were county yeah. right. county facilities and uh so just you know, here we were. There you go. Sometimes I put Chino as my address. Sometimes I put Carbon Canyon because I was kind of unsure where right. actually where I lived. Yeah. Eventually the postman will give you. Yeah, but we loved. I mean, for, as soon as we drove into the canyon, we said, "Oh, this is fantastic. We yeah. need to we need to live here." Yeah. So now, obviously, fast forwarding a number of years, um, for those of you that don't know, what is your position here in Chino Hills, uh, and how are you involved, kind of? Okay, so fast that's forward. a pretty broad, it uh, is. <laughs> broad number of things. So but. currently, I'm on the city council, city council member. Uh, so the city council, the city was formed, you skipped a major, <laughs> which is the history of. Uh, but we became a city in 1991. The original city council was formed based on the top five vote getters in November of 1991. Okay. And in, uh, in that, and I was I was on our homeowner association at the time on the board at Got that it. time. Got it. I became Little League president or Little League Canyon Hills Little League and then president for a while. Um, but our form of government and a lot of cities do this as they rotate the mayor's position. Sure. So when I was eventually elected, since we're fast forwarding yeah. to there, it uh, I've been the mayor three times at the city, including fairly recently, yeah. and we just rotate our positions around. And so I'm in my 14th year. Okay. So I'm now I hate to say it. The senior, the senior person uh, on city council. Uh, when Ed Graham left uh, two, two and a half years ago, he was the senior, the last remaining original council member. He'd been in 25 years. And then, so now I'm- So you have 11 yet left. I've got, yes, yes I do. <laughs> Thanks for letting me know At that, least. Thomas, yes. <laughs> so that's my role, I'm a city council member. Got it, okay, and then what other, um, what other things in the community do you, you mentioned I'm, the league and- I, I'm, Pretty active, but so yes, my kids when they were in Little League, I stopped after five years on the HOA a board of directors. I was president all those years. I don't know how that happened, but I was, and that's when our community really started to grow, and we renamed it Summit Ranch at the time. Survey it's on Carbon Canyon. No Summit Ranch yeah. is the first community inside uh, Carbon Canyon from the Chino Hill side, and. Um, and then my kids went into Little League and Pony League as that was being formed during those days and I became the president of the, you know, the vice president and someone left me. Everybody said, you are gonna be president. I said, I've only been here a year. Yeah. No, you're gonna be president. <laughs> so I became president for a couple of years. Okay. 
And those were the rough and tumble days when, when uh, the city, uh, and uh, anybody that's into sports, uh, they know there's field allocations that go on and you've got AYSO soccer. Yeah. And you've got the two little leagues currently and Pony League and girls softball. It was, you were fighting at that time for those spots. Right. Where to practice and where to play. Yeah. We're at the old community park, which is now Trader Joe's, yeah. Wood Ranch yeah. Barbecue, Wood Ranch is where the police station was, but that whole, that's what my era was at those, those six fields right. over there at the time. Got it. And then I had a lot of interaction with the city when we would get together as a group at the beginning of the different seasons, and we'd sit in this room, it was called Sports Council, and usually the presidents of all of those would yeah. get together and hash out who was gonna get what field, field number one, field number two, the older kids field number three or four, girls softball is usually three, and we'd fight it out to see who had the most numbers that year for signups, gotcha. and who was gonna get what priorities, I think it was during that time that one of the individuals on our city, this is probably in 95, 96, 90, no, this is probably 97 or 98, uh, name is Jonathan Marshall, he still works here at City Hall. Jonathan said to me, you handle these groups pretty well, you kind of help steer things as you're trying to negotiate, you know, Pony League, I want this field, yeah. and girls softball, and yeah. Chief Canyon Hills, you seem to be the peacemaker. Uh, <clears throat> There's a position open for a commissioner in town, and Mike Wickman, each council member uh, assigns three individuals to the three different commissions. And he said, uh, I'm gonna recommend you to Mike because there's an opening, and I interviewed with Mike Wickman. Wickman School is named after him. Yeah. And um, he chose me to be a Parks and Rec Commissioner in 1998. Okay. That guy so I've got 20 plus years yeah. in with the city now. There you go. It's, it's so strange, but that's it. And then after eight years, uh, uh, Gary Larson retired as one of the original council members, and I had run once before and lost okay. in uh, 2004, and in 2006, Gary Larson's spot opened up, and I ran and was successful. There you go. I've been elected, I guess, four times now. Very good. Congratulations. And I thank the community for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Very nice. Speaking of the community, what, what's your favorite part about the community? Well, that... That's easy and it's hard. Yeah, sure, I understand. It, it is, I mean, this is such a family-oriented community. Once it formed, I'll tell you, the basis of this community started out right from the beginning. Just our original individuals that put this city together, um, they were very thoughtful in how we would piece it together and the decision-making, early decision-making. I'm second generation, I call myself second generation. And now we have a third generation going but second generation inherited some great policies that were in place. We had a great uh, city manager at the time, Doug LaBelle, just a very uh, well-respected individual, and he helped lead the city along with our council members, mm -hmm. and uh, at the time, original council members. And they put in place contracts such as our sheriffs, things like that. The sheriffs, what a great contract compared to having our own police department as it's turning out for a lot of cities now. Right. But the whole genesis of this really was families. We're a bedroom, essentially a bedroom community. We've had to change a little bit just to get some money in our coffers. And that was, that was planned by Doug LaBelle over those years. But it's the whole family atmosphere that is, I, I find most impressive about our city. And, and how close the churches are. And how close, in fact, this morning was this prayer day that we had. Right. That was, it was a fantastic event. But, 
how all the youth leagues get together and the dance classes and everybody is just such a family-oriented community and that's what impresses me most yeah. about our community and I think that's what draws people. We can talk about what draws yeah. people here yeah. and why they stay here um, at some point whenever you want to talk about that but it really it's, it's the whole family atmosphere that sustains itself even with 85,000 people in town. Yeah. When we uh, when we started as a city, we're about 43,000 or around there. Okay, gotcha. But it's, it's really that family base right. still sustains itself yeah, makes in, sense. in town. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Zeroing in even more, what's your favorite restaurant in Chino Hills or Chino? I, hey, yeah. I am I'm a, I'm a uh, equal opportunity consumer yeah. when it comes to that. <laughs> well, it's interesting timing. If you'd asked me this, if we'd been interviewed a month or more ago, I wouldn't have had the same answer. Because we have, and I put it on Chino Hills Connections yeah, about, yeah. This, I don't know, five weeks ago or so, and it was in the newspaper that I was quoted as saying. So my favorite restaurant is about to open in about a week, and it's Maze Me. So Maze Me had a history here, as we know, and then Sammy decided he needed some time off, and the rent was going up, and he needed to move, and he moved to Upland. But now he's coming back to Chino Hills. I was just there last night. Okay. He had, I wouldn't call it a soft opening. Okay. He just had a friend that was a chef and he needed to start, get all everything tuned up. Yeah, yeah. So he did some experiments on okay. a couple of us and a lot of his family members last Good night. Good for you. So amazing me. But I will say, and I love the family one. I, I mean, we all love Wood Ranch and, and all of those that have come yeah, in. Yeah. Because I was here during a time when there was only a couple restaurants in town. That was a big criticism. Right. Gas stations and restaurants. Right. Yeah. One grocery store, Alpha Beta, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, but broadening uh, our where we like to go, and Mary, my wife and I like to go out often. So Pizzioli okay. is kind of our, our cheers bar. Yeah. And we've been going the since the week or two that they opened, yeah. so it's 20 plus 22, 23, 24 years, however long their history is. And then also, but I'd say our our current favorite dining, uh, until Mazemi gets her feet on the ground, <laughs> is Owens Bistro. Got it, yeah. And Owens is our go-to, and I heard you refer to it in, in Denise's interview. Yeah. And Owens is our place. I mean, we love going there. We go maybe eight times a year, yeah. so it's, frequent enough, yeah. and yet we can still share the yeah. love with our other restaurants in town. There you go. And Owens Bistro is the place, Very good. I'm, I'm telling you. Very good. Now, if you could have a large billboard in the middle of the 71 freeway for everybody going up and down the 71 from in Chino and Chino Hills, what would it say and why? Well, if it was a lot of people in town, I think the current trend would be do not move here. <laughs> I think. Um, what would that be? Well, I'm, I'm again, I'm kind of a family-oriented person, so I'd probably be welcome to Chino Valley. Families come first, yeah. or something like that. If we're, if we're kind of talking like yeah. that, that's probably what I would say. Just to continue that, that uh, and I'm just that. That's my yeah. my whole reason for being in this community. I would say it's just so that's how my billboard would reflect. Very good. Um, yeah, I did did some research and noticed on, on some social media that you, you spent some time up in. Um, up in the wine country. I know you're mm -hmm. from Bakersfield, but you spend some time up in the wine country. Right. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Certainly. Do you have ties up there? I know Bakersfield, you know, it's getting up there. But yeah, well, come inland from there. Yeah. Um, big into wine. Okay. So I remember everybody knows it in town. I get the phone calls. Hey, I'm heading for, well, let me back up. Big into wine. Yeah. Uh, from Cal Poly days. I took the wine class at the hospitality yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Hospitality. Um, my mother, French. My, I'm half Canadian. Okay. 
because my mother is from Montreal, Canada, and she, she was one of those that actually, even though she was from Canada, she signed up when they immigrated to the United States as a youth to be in the Army. Okay. But that, that whole French base, um, just got into it, and uh, these days, my wife and I bought a second home during the economic downturn when we had saved up some cash. Said, okay, real estate's the way to go. We're, okay, where are you gonna buy a second place? We looked all around and said, you know, we, we, we ended up in Paso Robles okay. eight and a half years ago yeah. as a second home. And it's just an investment home. No one lives in it, and so we go up once a month. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're just up there this weekend. And um, that's a wine country. And we do, I, I'm, I'm really into wine because a, a lot of it, and a lot of friends know that, so we've done, um, I do a lot of wine dinners with friends. I do a lot for charity. Yeah. As a lot of people know me, I've attended. We do dinner with the mayor, even if I'm not mayor. It's, it's known as dinner with the yeah, mayor. Got it. And uh, Let It Be Foundation is an example. Uh, I've, I've been in an auction for dinner with the mayor a couple times. The last time was uh, two Septembers ago, and uh, it's usually eight people plus my wife and I would host at our home. We take care of everything. Very nice. And they let me picked up $3,400 for that. There you go. With the mayor. There you go. Uh, but it's turned into one of those things, and it's kind of a passion. I love the history of it. We, when we travel to Europe, yeah. we go to many of the wine countries, yeah. and it's just the whole history and how soils affect things. And sure. I'm now starting to sound like the movie Sideways, where they really get into it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I hark back to that yeah. scene. But really into it, and into it enough that uh, even though I'm really busy with a lot of commitments and a lot of committees, I studied... And I, I don't know if I posted this on Facebook, I think my wife may have, that uh, I got a sommelier's, I got my certificate to be a sommelier. Wow. Last October, wow. three months ago, four okay. months ago. So if you've ever seen the movie Psalm or Psalm 2 or whatever those movies are called, that's a level four sommelier. That's people, you know, oh, this is from the uh, Roussan Valley and then this is 19, uh, you know, whatever. Right. I'm not that level. Right. Um, <laughs> But I am Psalm 1 now. Okay. Somalia 1 or Psalm 1. I, so I passed the test yeah. uh, last end of last October. Very nice. Good for you. So, but we, that, that's, you're right. So yeah. we're in Paso Robles okay. all Got the time. Okay. But I do get texts and calls from people all throughout uh, Chino Hills. Yeah. We're going out for a long weekend. Where should we go? There what restaurant should we go to? And what, yeah. um, what winery should we go to? But it's been an awesome experience for us, again, having this second home because we've built a very tight infrastructure of friends left there also. Yeah, makes sense. So my wife's the one that posts most of the time about the different uh, activities that we're doing up there, but I, I'm not surprised you yeah. you saw a lot of postings on Paso very Robles. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So that's the wine connection and, okay. and the Paso Robles Good connection. deal. Yeah, we love yeah. it. We yeah. love it up there. Um, what's, what's the best advice you were ever given? Best advice? Well, I'll broaden that a little bit. I think I'm not sure if I can take it that way, but going to Catholic school and going to Damien, their basis was volunteerism. Volunteerism. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, if you want to call it advice, that the advice was just attending Damien and all the volunteering that was recommended to you sure. to graduate, <laughs> yeah. let's put it that yeah. way. So I remember doing a lot of volunteerism in my days at Damien, especially as a junior and senior when we had access to a car and could drive around yeah. that's 16, 17 year olds. So I don't know if that's advice more yeah. than just, it helped me, it helped set me on a path right. 
that I don't know if I necessarily was on. And I was a good kid in school. I was, you know, the, the, the shy guy in, in, in school and getting the A's in conduct and all that, you know, Catholic school. And I think that helped broaden my, just my footprint on maybe things I would do in the future. Sure, just giving back your time and just kind of- And that, that tra eventually yeah. translated to what's right. happening right now. Yeah, yeah makes sense. So that's, that's that. Very good. Hi, Thomas here. Thanks so much for listening in. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Also, if you have a suggestion for another person we should interview, or you would like to be interviewed, please be sure to send us a DM on our Instagram at Chino and the Hills. Thanks. Bye.